Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Stefania, I know you mentioned, how much did you pay to fill up your car? $45, and I have a Prius. A Prius car? Yeah. How empty was it? Uh, it was almost empty, but um, when I first got here, which the gas prices were still kind of high, it was $25 to fill it up. Uh-huh. And so... and. And so when how, I first when how I first long ago got was here, that? When, like, um, when you first got here, so um, well, it was last uh, June, so a year ago, yeah. And um, I think back then it was like three dollars, so it wasn't super cheap. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I visited here, which was uh, fall of twenty twenty, yeah, uh, gas was generally a dollar eighty five. Wow, which it's like night and day. It was like four dollars and fifty cents or something when we when we went. Bet you're doubly glad that you're not paying California prices. Oh yeah, no, my parents are. Um, they're paying like. Eight dollars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I uh, a friend of mine on the social media took a trip to California. The first thing she did was snap some photos of the the sign on the corner at the the local gas station over six bucks. Yep, kind of a thing. I know that's rural rural California too, probably. <laughs> no, I think she was in near Hollywood or something like mm. that. It was sort of a vacation kind of thing, and you know she's a sort of a rock and roller. Mm. So you know she was going to do the rock and roll stuff down there and. In the the Bay Area, but uh, I uh, <laughs> I have a six cylinder Hyundai, and uh, I filled it up the other day. It was sixty bucks, uh, sixty six zero. Some gas stations across the country are already bracing for the next big thing involving surging fuel prices, namely the price per gallon potentially exceeding ten dollars. Mm-hmm. For other stations, however, there might be no product left to sell at the pumps throughout Eastern Washington. I. Mm. I'm familiar with Washington State. I spent 22 years in the Seattle area. Throughout eastern Washington, according to a post-millennial report, gas stations are running out of fuel. Wow. Wow. (laughs) In the Tri-Cities region of Kennewick, Pasco, and West Richland, customers are reporting reporting pulling up to pumps only to find no gas available for purchase. In fact, a local... 1970s, here we come! (laughs) Yeah, except... I, I remember I was I was born in 72 so for me to say I remember is I remember the television spouting about and showing lines of cars lined up at gas stations because you could mm-hmm. only get X amount of gas. They had a limit. Oh, you yeah, could only get a couple of gallons. And, and, and they would like alternate back and forth. Like, is the last number on your license plate even or odd? Right. Depending on that. You could show up on Tuesday, could... but not on Thursday mm-hmm. or whatever it was. They had some weird rationing kind of thing going on. And no one goes on Sunday. But, but I do recall... Uh, that a can of Coca-Cola out of the vending machine at the, at said gas station near where I lived was 25 cents because I remember I was begging the adult, like, can I have a quarter, can I have a quarter, can I have a quarter, I want to get pop <laughs> right? You know, so, so th- if that tells you anything about, you know, prices and what they were back then. I'm a civil activist down here in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and I just had a very big Confusticus this past week. Um, I faced the, as a pro se litigant, I faced the deputy attorney general in court. And um, I caught them prosecuting me outside of their jurisdiction, motion for that in trial. And then um, the judge overruled it, of course. He's not going to allow it. And then caught the judge being falsely appointed. They didn't carry over the one on the paperwork on his appointment date. So he actually held trial with no jurisdiction. And the uh, deputy attorney general had no jurisdiction. So I do, as a defendant, I motion to crown myself king of the kangaroo court and anybody with any jurisdiction object. <laughs> and, 
We had a little uh, colloquy on the bench, and I kept on cutting over the judge, like, you have no jurisdiction. You have no jurisdiction. You have no jurisdiction. As the king of these kangaroo courts, my first decree is that we bust into a song and dance number, and I did the Top Gun. She lost that (laughs) loving feeling. Did this particular courtroom allow videotape, and do you have footage? No, I sure don't. I'm getting Uh, the stenographer's report right now, and I even motioned for this ahead of time because part of that racket, I caught the stenographer um, changing, um, uh, modifying the record. Oh, yeah, they do that all the time. had a different stenographer come in, and the judge, of course, denied my motion to record. So, so Jake, have you you ever thought of moving to New Hampshire? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with what y'all got going on up there. It's beautiful, man. I love it. Uh, I'm just, I I like the warm weather, man. I'm I'm a Gulf Coast Texan. Mm, I mean, we've got some pretty warm weather here right now, man. I I came from California, (laughs) and I'm loving it here, quite honestly. Um, And given how much you spend of your time doing the stuff that you do, I, I know for a fact that you will be at least 150% more effective here, and we would all have your back, because what you're doing is awesome. Certainly welcomed. Thank you. I really appreciate the offer. And I mean, you know, of course, being libertarian, everyone just, you know, kind of gets along and uh, respects everyone else's interests. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm really definitely, is. y'all, on the list to come and visit y'all, see what y'all got going on. I just, I, I'm not even from Gettysburg. I was visiting family and got wrapped up with the courts. I got, I had, it's such a foil hat story. Well, feel free to to do like a Joe Dirt call in. Feel free to visit the Libertarian homeland whenever you want, man. Like the door is always open. There's a uh, bill that they're trying to put through to uh, avoid price gouging. Oh boy. Which price gouging is just one of my all time favorite myths. Like it doesn't exist. It's very simple. Right. It's supply and demand period. Right. Right. Every price is as high as it can possibly be and also as low as it can be allowed to be. Like, prices are not actually a choice. That's an economics 101 thing. The first thing that you see in any economics class is this. The cross? The, 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 the cross the of, yeah. like, the supply and demand, which establishes the market price. Right, right. And then there are some things that cause distortions in the market, namely government, but that results in a deadweight loss, which is essentially um, product that would have gone to market if not for the government distorting it. Right. Uh, the, there are some things that do affect the market price of a good or service outside of government. Government certainly has the most impact, and most of it is just getting in the way. Right. Right. Uh, but outside of that, there are some things that do impact the market, and that is competition, namely. Mm, right? Right. Generally speaking, competition will bring down the price of a good or a service because there's more variety of providers to choose from. Mm. Uh, you know, if I want to buy a paper plate and there's only one guy supplying plates, well, he can kind of charge whatever he wants. But if there's 30 guys supplying paper plates, well, they all got to kind of make sure that they're not charging too much more or less than the other guy. And I think this uh, is something that folks will see in your news headlines called price controls, mm-hmm. mm, yep. uh, is what is what you're referring to. And so yep. this legislation claims that it's going to be of benefit to you if you allow the government to institute price controls over gasoline, which it has never actually resulted in that any time government has attempted price controls on anything. Well, yeah, yeah think I, about rent control. You know, there's basically no incentive for uh, landowners to rent out because um, <laughs> if if the price increases uh, so much 
and and their business isn't profitable. There's no incentive for the business owner to rent anything, yeah, and we, it would be the same thing with gas. So like that that uh, that cap on the price will just resort result in more shortages, which is arguably worse than their just being high gas prices, because at least you have gas. Yeah, a, a little bit of a, an adage about rent control, particularly in the city of Seattle when I lived there. Uh, if you go by the, you know, all the all the economics play, they do, okay, so you don't want to spend more than like one third of your income on your housing costs every month, right? Your rent or your mortgage, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. So going by that, and this is some years ago, but going by that, I couldn't afford to live in Seattle. You hear these stories about, like, getting paid at your job during Weimar Germany at lunch so that you could, like, go buy the the food before the prices went up yeah. at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, I think that's a real distinct possibility with gas in this country. Yeah, well, uh, Greece had that same sort of a thing not too long ago where they saw what I'm calling uh, hyperinflation, where it was that same sort of a thing. Like, you better... Get what you can, buy what you need with the check you got today, Mm -hmm. because tomorrow the prices are going to be more expensive and you're going to get less of whatever it is you're after. I wonder at what what point it would be considered to be hyperinflation, because if I got here and the price of gas was $1.85 and hypothetically if it gets to 10, is that considered to be hyperinflation? That's almost like 10xing. Um, I forget what the cutoff is. That's a is. great question. It, it might be something ridiculous like 50xing. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, one thing that that's important to note, though, is like it, even in, you know, Weimar Germany textbook example of hyperinflation, mm. like it wasn't a solid upward streak. Right. It was up and then down and then up and then down. It's just that it went higher on the ups than it had been before. Back in January 2021, the final month of President Trump's tenure in the White House, the average price of gas was 2.41 per gallon, with some states even reporting gas at less than $2 per gallon. In the aftermath though coinciding with let's go Brandon taking office, <sighs> fuel prices have skyrocketed in America. How large are the increases? According to gasbuddy.com, a site which tracks gasoline prices throughout the world, mm-hmm. only one state, Oklahoma, $3.98 per gallon has a per gallon price below 4 bucks right now. Oof. Again, this article is 4 days old. Mm-hmm. And 6 states, Oregon, Alaska, Washington, Nevada, Hawaii, and California all have average prices at $5 uh, or higher. From a national perspective, the US reportedly set a new record high last week, posting an average range of $4.43 per gallon. <laughs> that rate is higher now. <laughs> According to AAA, that's a 35 cent increase from April and a dollar 43 per gallon hike since May of last year. Mm. So year over year, mm. that's 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 significant. Close. Yeah. And we have talked at length here on Free Talk Live about what the Federal Reserve, in conjunction with the U.S. government, has been doing with just injecting these trillions of dollars yep. into the economy. These QEs, the uh, they have several different names for it. Quantitative mm-hmm. easing is the mm-hmm. one that I remember because it just sounds like the most BS. Do you think it's on purpose? Is the, the state going to fail on purpose? Well, when... It depends on what you mean by success. I mean, I don't really remember a time in which America was successful. <laughs> Well, it kind of wasn't during your lifetime, basically. Mm, yeah, basically that whole time. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, pre nineteen thirteen, mm, maybe mm. I wasn't alive for it, so I can't really say. I, it is. I mean, it's possible that this is just a mistake, but I don't think so. No, I really do think that this is an intentional takedown of the American economy. 
I mean, like, so step one, you hollow out the the middle class that everything relies on. Check. Right. So, like, <laughs> the, like all of the people who had uh, rental properties, they got smashed during the, the lockdowns. Oh, yeah. All of the people who ran a business, like, they're out of business and they ain't coming back. So many small businesses. Yeah. So, like, yeah. The, the, you, so you've basically removed the backbone of this organism completely. Okay. Now, add on top of that, like uh, the 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 moves that Biden has specifically made with Russia. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so for hundreds of years, any time that there was what they call sovereign debt, which is, I, I mean, I wish that they would recognize the real sovereignty of the individual, but mm-hmm. they don't. They recognize the sovereignty of nations, mm-hmm. but. It, for hundreds of years, no matter where it was, Africa, Europe, Asia, doesn't matter. Sovereign debt was was a sacred obligation. The whole gas business, back during the Obama years when you couldn't buy a job around here, mm. I went out to the Balkan because they were banging, pumping oil. And uh, right in the middle of the oil patch, there's a town called Williston. Okay. Well... The place was out of hand. I knew one guy drove around out there with bad plates on his rig for four years, just wondering if he'd ever get pulled over. You know, pretty much daring him. The, the place, I mean, it was just insane, the amount of people that were in this small, you know, medium-sized town. Sure. And uh, I got talking to one old-timer, and he says, yeah, we went through this once before back in the 70s. And they, they built all this underground infrastructure with the sewer culverts and the water system and whatnot, and they were doing it again right now. But they had decided that they wanted their town invaded like that never again. They poured all that infrastructure full of concrete. So it was un, un, unrectifiable. Hmm. That's interesting. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and 10, 10, 20 years later, they needed it again and had to dig it all up at twice the cost because it was <laughs> solid. That yeah, kind of reminds me of... Uh... Uh... Uh, a bunch of people were getting uh, kicked out of their houses in Detroit, and it was a very common thing to just start pouring concrete down the drains. It's like, oh, well, if you're going to kick me out of my house, yeah, I'm going to make it worth nothing to you. You remember that uh, Judge uh, Tommy Jewell? Nope. Well, the one I was telling you about, the black one that got up in my grill at the black barber shop where I get my white hair cut. Oh, that's what that was about. Okay, so, okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, Tommy Jewell used to be the chief judge of the children's court, the same exact position as held by Monica Zamora, chief judge of the children's court in Albuquerque, same position as Judge John J. Romero, Jr., chief judge of the children's court in Albuquerque. Do you see a pattern there? Anyway, um, remember the incesto-nepotistic, nepo-incestuous, or whatever the the portmanteau that you made up, Captain? Neposestuous, yeah. <laughs> I love that ne- one. Neposestuous, yeah. So the, uh, you'll see a pattern that follows under the neposestuous portmanteau um, because Tommy Jewell, I, I happen to be uh, in, in an episode of In Plain Sight with Tommy Jewell. You can see, see he and I in the exact same uh, scene, in, in fact, the exact same uh, take, a uh, shot, um, and Tommy Jewell, is married to Angela Jewell, who is also a judge in Albuquerque. Wait, wait, have you and Tommy ever gotten on a plane to, like, an island owned by Epstein? (laughs) Owned by a who? uh, By Epstein? Yes, we did. We've done that several times. <laughs> very, 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 very nice 727 that uh, Mr. Epstein had. I, I just want to. Oh, I'm, you, I'm you pretty bet. sure that if he was on that list, he would have no trouble getting whichever children he wanted. 
I went to the farmer's market today at the Robinson Park here. and Were they selling was, gasoline? <laughs> well, they got organic um, uh, food. They had tamales. They had pupusa table. They had torta table. They nice. have yeah, Delicious. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And they have some kind of musician playing music. And, and there was a little uh, bicycle valet. I guess everybody rides the rides the bicycle to the park and then they park fair and and I got to hand out 28 of my cards my, our business cards oh your multi-level marketing cards right gotcha right my network yeah it's called a direct consumer marketing or network marketing so um and, uh, Sarah you're in Albuquerque right is that true yes um, is it true, because uh, I heard this in a song once, is it true that you can walk up to anyone on the street and they'll shave your back for a nickel? Um, <laughs> I, don't th- I think that's false. Oh, I, that's I false. have no idea where that j- joke came from, but... <laughs> uh, well, that, that, would be, that would that... be His Holiness Weird Al. Yeah, yes. if you t- look up the song, like, Albuquerque song, um, <laughs> there's been a whole song written about your wonderful city. Yeah, one of the things that I personally very much look forward to when New Hampshire inevitably secedes as a libertarian nation is that there will, in fact, be communist uh, enclaves Mm. from whom the capitalist enclaves can learn extraordinary things. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited for that. If you I I know uh, from personal experience that like if you have a a good sit down conversation with a principled, say, anarcho syndicalist and you start talking to them about like how they want a court system run, Mm. they have really good ideas. And uh, I would love to see the the uh, paid for forms of courts and uh, and uh, dispute resolution learn from the unpaid and uh, communal court systems and like pick up some of their like tips and tricks and Mm. how you get this to work and how you get that to work so that they can better compete with other companies that are paid for and also situational specific stuff right Mm. we've learned from forced statism of any flavor Mm. that the courts simply do not offer enough variety to cover all situations right there's always nuances from one situation to another generally speaking i i try and shy away from new hampshire specific things Mm. particularly on saturday nights because well it's a nationwide audience and like the most reach that we have but this ties into some national issues that i think it ties in with international issues that we're having i i agree so what do you got so basically there's this uh wonderful bill in new hampshire it's called hb 1431 it's known as the parental rights bill Mm -hmm. um and basically what it does is it outlines just a a buttload of protections for parents uh it starts off by saying the general court finds that it is the fundamental right of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their minor children. And then it goes on later on in the section to say, all parental rights are reserved to the parent of the minor child in the state without obstruction or interference from the state, any of its political subdivisions, including without limitation, any school board, school district, Administra- uh, school administrative unit or any other government entity including but not limited to all of the following rights of the parent of the minor child in this state and then it lists out all of them Chris Sununu and by proxy his brother John Sununu 
um, have connections with the World Economic Forum, which oh. is very, which is famous for having said you will owe nothing and love it. And I believe that they want to extend that to children. Yep, uh, just brought it up here. Uh, there's, uh, I just brought it up here. The uh, uh, there, the page on the World Economic Forum, weforum.org. Uh, John E. Sununu, there he is. Yep. It, this isn't a conspiracy theory or anything. Like, yep. I, I'm a realist. I'm a conspiracy realist. I don't want any of this stuff to be true, but it yeah. it just is whether well, I like it or not. It just happens to be that the brother of our horrendously corrupt governor here happens to be the brother of the the senior advisor of the Middle East Working Group in the United States Institute of Peace for the World Economic Forum. I'm sure that's not influencing. (laughs) One of the things I enjoy about New Hampshire is the, uh, I believe, recent uh, education legislation where uh, folks who want to homeschool uh, sort of get I don't want to say all, but like they get uh, the portion of taxes that would pay for them to be in public school uh, is available to them on a state level, on a state level. Yes. Uh, And that's one of the things that makes New Hampshire certainly different from other states. Oh, yeah. So I'm. In in talking about this, um, I'm going to make it really clear to the listeners as as much as they're trying to push a lot of this tyranny, New Hampshire is still the best place on Earth to fight back against it. Modern education almost everywhere that I can think of uh, is state-based, state-sponsored, mm-hmm. state-compelled compulsory schooling mm-hmm. in most places, but specifically here in the United States for sure. Right. Uh, and it is based on the Prussian uh, education mm-hmm. system that mm-hmm. was developed specifically to fast-track obedient workers during wartime. They wanted, they wanted to train people really quick on how to build more bombs, so specifically, the Prussian model, so what had happened, Prussian, basically Germans, uh, but the especially angry part of Germans, um, <laughs> had just lost a war against the French, and they were Oof. very upset about that. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, I'd be upset. I mean, it was Napoleon, so, you know, not mm. that bad. That's but like, like the most badass the French have ever been. Yeah, it, it kind of is. But they just lost a war against the French, of all people, so they're like, okay, we are retooling civilization so that we can do nothing but kill Mm. so we're going to have three kinds of people we're going to have number one industrial workers which is why there's a bell system to you know like you know just like a whistle to go okay next station please Mm. pavlov's Uh, dog everyone yeah. yeah number two soldiers so number one the the industrial workers to build the tanks and the warships for number two the soldiers and finally a minority of opinion manipula- manipulators in their particular case uh, uh uh clergy not only do they make you raise your hand for a biological function they also permission your curiosity mm, that's true so like i mean the nature of a young human being is to be curious mm. about I everything mean, really everything yeah. right but what do they do you have to have permission to express your curiosity and i in particular remember this because i would have uh, occasionally i'd have a teacher that's like okay you are not allowed to ask any more questions for the rest of the day so um, i had one that's like you are allowed three questions per day including whether or not you have to go to the bathroom i, I just want to make a plea to all of the um, parents that are listening out there if you care about your children like even one percent what i would recommend that you do now immediately is you homeschool them absolutely i mean there is there is no 
there is no excuse for someone who cares about their children to hand them over to the worst possible people on the face of the planet. I mean, these are the people who are trying to turn your children, some of them, into killers. You know, I don't think that that Governor Sununu really cares about families. I mean, for the longest time, okay, when they brought it up about what was going on with the youth detention center, and people called it out, agencies called it out, and, you know, he just fired back and said that, you know, those people didn't know what they were were talking about. Yeah, intact families are a threat to his power. And also, yeah. this is the second time in, I think, a week, maybe two weeks, where something has passed both the House and the Senate landed on his desk, and he's like, no, nah, I'm just not going to do so, that. No, that's, that's um, his does, nature. Does that's someone all he wanna, does. Does someone want to fill us in on the detention centers? Because uh, my memory's a little vague on that particular subject. Like, uh, what the... Rob? Yeah. So, I mean, just going back to early 1960s, them eight, the youth detention center was, you know, molesting little kids and... And using them like you know as cockfights and and I mean it was just horrible horrible things that went on you know all the way up until almost the end of 2019. Mm. And you know hundreds of people have come forward and you know filed suit. And you know now all the people that did all this bad stuff, you know the agency that they represent, they want to be the ones to decide. Well, okay, we did this, but here's what we're going to give you. So what's happening here in New Hampshire, which is, you know, the live free or die state, a bunch of liberty-minded people, and a lot of us mama bears are Mm -hmm. rising up and saying, this is just not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, these are our constitutional rights. We're paying you to educate our children, not to uh, shut us out. So we do have Prenda and all these amazing co-ops where it is very um, doable for most people to homeschool mm. now, much more than it ever was. I was able to do that with my boys, even though mm. I'm a single mom. So, I mean, New Hampshire is very, very unique, and there's a lot of good things. But I would also say that I work really hard for my money, mm. and it's pretty ridiculous if you look to like Anne Marie Banfield for us just to walk away from the amount of money that we're putting into the school systems. And just to let them run wild with it. So I still think it's important that we engage and hold them accountable. Um, You know, as far as Nunu and his brother being tied to the World Economic Forum and, you know, this this global kind of idea of you'll have nothing and and be happy with it. Like, we're not tolerating that here in New Hampshire. We're just not going to. No, we are not. It's it's clear. Um, Tyrants can go pound sand. This far, no further. We're not, no. Right. And so, you know, that leads to kind of this, um, this narcissistic, you know, heroin. And what do narcissists hate? What's the antidote to that embarrassment? Mm. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.